Hello, TTB community, and welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint Podcast. Each week, we like to bring you insight from travel authors, adventurers, conservationists, digital nomads, tour guides, and some of our very own personal travel experiences. Joining me today is the very sagacious Elliot Ooh. Shipley. Thank you, Bob. You're welcome. So today's guest is Karita. She and her wife have taken their son, their infant son, and newborn on many trips and they try to figure out the how, the why, the where, the when, all of these difficult things that nobody or everybody told them they couldn't do. And all the while they offer useful insight for those who wish to do something similar. The conversation today went a bunch of different places and it was quite fun. It was very exciting for Bob and myself as we're, you know, new dads. And we had a great conversation. So travel tip of the week, slow better is better than fast. Now, I will say we've had many conversations about this, and I think this is kind of more of an opinion than a fact. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But while, while you do get to see more of the culture and experience the culture through slow travel, sometimes we just don't have that option. Yeah. Remember, travel is the, the best form of travel is whatever works best for you. Lastly, please consider the awesome travel products we offer. How do you organize and plan your trip? So if you like to keep your trip organized like we do, you can use the travel journal and planner that we developed for our very own personal travel experiences. This will allow you to record things like the dates, the budget, the top destinations, the currency exchange rate, the time difference. It has a fillable calendar and it provides you the ability to write out your entire itinerary by the hour. In addition to that, it has a place to store reservation information, a packing list, a to-do list. And then at the very back, it offers you space to journal about your trip. You can find this travel journal planner on our products page. And once you download it, you have it forever and you can reprint and refill it out for every trip you have moving forward. Now, if you do decide to purchase this, we encourage you to reach out to us with any tips to make it better. To help compile all of your info for the journal slash planner, we turned ourselves into cartoons to create a five-part video course that provides a step-by-step -step process to create the ultimate itinerary, including number one, navigation, number two, booking airfare, number three, blogs, research, and reviews, number four, itinerary building, and number five, safety, cultural norms, and thoughtful travel. The goal of this video tutorial is so that you can become your own personal travel agent and learn how to be planned efficient trips now and forever, all the while saving you money to splurge on a nice meal or first class seat for your next adventure. Yeah. And now, so if you still think that planning your trip is a little bit too much, or you just don't have time to sit down and actually do it, I can personally plan your trip for you using all the information that we just mentioned. If you're interested in this, please send me an email at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com or visit our service pages on our website, and we can meet over Zoom to discuss the details of your trip. You want to contribute to the podcast? If you work in the travel industry, you can join us for a travel roundtable discussion by submitting your information through the TAT form on our website. You can also send us a travel article via direct message or at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com for the monthly Travel Bites episode. Support us by wearing us. Go to redbubble.com to find awesome gear and merchandise of the Traveler's Blueprint. Some of the cost comes directly to us to help support the podcast. We definitely recommend the hoodie and the hat and maybe a sticker or a travel mug. Whether you purchase a product from us or just want to learn about travel alongside us as we interview our guests, know that we greatly value your support as a listener of the show. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure.
Arita, welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. We are excited too. I, as a soon-to-be father and Bob as a father, we're excited to talk to you about family traveling with not just kids, but like newborn kids. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this world of travel and I guess what your first trip was with your children? Absolutely. So uh, my wife and I got into travel because we went, um, we took a trip to Thailand in Japan and we we went to an elephant sanctuary. It was kind of a, a semi birthday trip, birthday slash honeymoon slash everything trip. Um, so we, we went to an elephant sanctuary because she loves elephants and we just fell in love. We fell in love with the people, we fell in love with the culture and we would just look around and everyone was so happy and it wasn't about cars or clothes or houses. They, they were just genuinely happy. And we were just like, I, I think we could do this. I mean, we got lost a lot, but we we were kind of like, you know, we want to travel more. We want to learn more about being outside of the U.S. We want to expand our minds. And that's kind of where the seed was planted. And that's where my obsessiveness kind of took over. And I just became obsessed with trying to figure out how can we travel and make money and just travel the world. And that's how we ended up here, kind of. Right. I mean, and those are massive questions to answer, but what you did, there's another dynamic to this. You have, you ha- I mean, you still have a young son, but you had an even younger son when you started, right? And so something that I read in your profile that really intrigued me, and was part of the reason that I, that I actually reached out to you, was that you had this quote-unquote normal nine-to-five work-week lifestyle that so many of us have. Um mm-hmm. And that so many of us sort of dread to a degree, and we wish that we could travel indefinitely. How did you consider having a child so young into this whole, into these plans? And then how did you realize that you actually could do it? Well, we tend to bite off a lot at one time. (laughs) So literally the week after uh, coming back from the trip, we went to the doctors. We had to go through the whole process to get pregnant, of course. Um, and then like three weeks later, I was pregnant. <laughs> That's literally how it happened. Like three weeks later, I'm pregnant and we're like, oh my God, we're about to have a baby. <laughs> and what do we do? So I just kind of started researching how to travel with how to travel with newborns, how to travel with kids. And at first, I kind of had it in my mind, you know what, we'll put this off until he's, you know, three, four, five, it'll be more manageable. And then the closer it got to him being born, the more I started to feel like I just, I don't want this life. And by the time he was born and he was born, he was born a month early. Um, Luckily he was okay. He didn't have to go to NICU or anything like that. So that we were very happy about that. He was perfectly healthy, perfectly healthy baby. Um, and I got out the hospital, I was off work for six and a half weeks. And then I went back to work. And the day I went back to work, I just made up my mind. I absolutely can't do this. I just, I can't do this. My baby seven weeks and we were in a lucky position because my wife, she had a job where she could take our son with her. So he was, he, it's not like he was in daycare, but I just felt like a horrible person like a horrible mom 
I had extreme postpartum anxiety. I would shake, like trying to type, I would shake, I was shaking. And it was just, it was a, it was a rough time for me because I just held, held so much guilt. And then I yeah. turned into physical issues and I started having issues with my heart and just it, things kind of took a turn. And my wife and I, we were talking and we just said, you know, I just, we have to do something. Something has to change. So I bought tickets to Beijing without telling her <laughs> because the tickets were very cheap from San Diego to Beijing. They were $368. What? And I was just like, man, you can't pass that up. So I bought the tickets and then I got, I went home and told her I bought the tickets. Um, luckily you have 24 hours to cancel your international tickets. So tip, if you go anywhere, you're flying internationally, you have 24 hours from the time you purchase the tickets to cancel for free. You get your money back, everything. Um, I'm sure she didn't know that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just say, hey, I bought tickets to Beijing. And she's like, what? You did what? And our son at the time was like two and a half months old. And she was just like, what? <laughs> How could you? What? So um, hindsight 2020, it wasn't a good idea because we didn't have uh, visas. So the visa process for China is extensive. It took, I had to take two days off work just to do that. Oh, wow. Um, but you know what? It was worth it because we got on that flight. We flew all the way to Beijing and our son, he was five months, four and a half, five months, did not cry one time there or back. There or back, not once. And wow. we were like, wow, like he could do this. This is pretty awesome. And that was kind of our test trip. That's, I mean, that's definitely a hell of a test trip, but mm -hmm. that was kind of our test to see, can we do this? And at the time I'm pumping. And so I, I'm pumping on the flight and we got the baby and the bassinet, which is very, very useful. If you can get a bassinet, it's the best thing ever. You get bulkhead seats. It's amazing. Um, and it was, it was a phenomenal experience because it gave us the confidence that we needed. Yeah, that's. That's incredible. So there's a lot there that you just said. So taking, taking a step back, the, the, the feeling that you went through, the process that you went through of having to go back to work after um, uh, only having a baby for six months is something that so many people can relate to, unfortunately, that, you know, you, you have a newborn. We did. It, it was really hard, um, especially on my wife. Like when she went back and we essentially had to give up our newborn to a babysitter for eight plus hours every day. Monday through Friday, it was it was not a fun time emotionally for either of us. Um, and you kind of learn to deal with it, uh, you know. But it never really it, you're you're never really happy with the fact that you have to do that. Um, so there was that, and it, it's incredible that you you took that emotional that, that that emotional process and sort of created this travel experience out of it. So then going to Beijing too is pretty remarkable that you, that was the first flight you went on with a five month old. So how long is that flight? Like, like 12 hours? I don't uh, know. I'm not even really sure. It wasn't our first flight, but it was our first international trip. So our first okay. flight, we had to go to Colorado for a family emergency and he did great. It was only a two hour flight. So, um, the Beijing was a huge test for us. So we flew from San Diego to Vancouver, and then from Vancouver to Beijing. And I actually don't remember. I slept, he slept. That's I pumped. Like it it's such a blur because it was such an easy flight. It was so simple. 
Wow. Everyone was so accommodating, like, hey, can I have hot water? I need to wash my, wash my pump pieces and things like that. Everyone was so accommodating. And I, const- I was constantly asking for water. So the guy, he said, you know, I can just bring you two liters of water. And I was like, oh, well, they were just so accommodating and nice because I had to stay hydrated because I was pumping at the time and breastfeeding. So everyone was so accommodating. They were so nice. And some of the flight attendants didn't even know we had a baby because he slept in the bassinet and just chilled. Like ninety percent of the time, yeah, babies are pretty adaptable, aren't they? Like, yes. they need a few things, but the thing that they need more than anything else is sure, it's just you being there with yeah. them. And so that's like seventy-five percent of what a baby needs to be happy. And then as long as you could feed them, change them, and help them go to sleep, like you're pretty much set. And you could do that you in New York, Beijing, you know, Africa, uh, you know, anywhere in South America. Like, it, you could jump around. It doesn't. The location is is irrelevant to that. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable, and it's easier than most people, I think, think to travel with an infant. The plane, though, is the biggest obstacle. I think that's where the most of the anxiety comes from for a lot of people. Uh, but I also had a similar experience to you, where I was very lucky. My daughter at at two was fine, flew on an airplane, no problem to Rome from from New York City to Rome without a problem and back. Had a nice experience, and so you don't know until you try. Um, and then if you ever want your child to behave on a plane, the only way you're going to do it is by taking them on a Get plane. Get on a plane. Them how yeah. to behave on an airplane. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, so at what point did you think that you were going to turn this into like a travel influencer blog trying to make money? So what we did, it was kind of a... Um, kind of a shot in the dark pretty much. So what we did was we sold our house and we downsized and moved into a smaller condo. Um, and then we left and then we saved. <laughs> we saved, we cut our expenses. We had one car, um, which worked out for our lifestyle and our lives. So we just lived off one car. We um, we did um, cloth diapers, anything we could do to save money. We did cloth diapers, we did cloth wipes for a little while, then we went to regular wipes, but um, we did cloth diapers. Facebook Marketplace was like the best thing ever. We got a lot of our stuff on Facebook Marketplace. His crib was $10. Things we bought new were like car seats. We had to buy a new car seat. Mm-hmm. Um, but things that we didn't need to buy new, we, we were getting stuff for $5, $10 bundles, like I mean, his wardrobe from the time he was three months to one, we got for like $7 off wow. of Facebook. So we went into really super saved mode. And initially I said, you know what? We're going to go in 2024. And then uh, my 12, I work in HR. So I'm very familiar with leave and the leave process and the leave laws. So I used my leave for us to travel. So we went to Hawaii, we went to Beijing, we went to Mexico, we went to Colorado, we went to Ohio, we went to all these different places. And I used my my baby bonding time for that. And throughout that time, we're kind of strategizing, how do we make this happen? So when we are lease rent up at a condo, we move into a hotel to save more money. So in San Diego, which is a very expensive place to live, um, we moved into a hotel and that cover it was $1,500 a month and I'm putting that on my credit card. So I'm getting credit card points at three, you know, three points per dollar. So instead of paying a $2,000 mortgage, I'm paying $1,500 for rent, Wi-Fi, electric, gas. There's a stove and an oven. No, there wasn't an oven, was there? 
There was a stove at least. Um, have to ask her. There was a stove. There's a refrigerator, and we got rid of everything and moved into a hotel and just saved even more. And when I finally got up the courage to say, you know what, let's do this, it was January 24th, 2020, was when I went to my boss and I said, hey, I'm gonna resign. And he threw me for a curveball because he said, oh, well, you can work remotely. I wasn't expecting that. I was just like, oh, wow, that's awesome. So I travel and still have my job. That's great. Yeah. So we, we left San Diego on January 27th, 2020 from San Diego. And we had a route. I already had the route planned off. We were going to go to Mexico, then head to Costa Rica, then to what Texas, then to Seattle, then to Shanghai, then to Malaysia. I had I had it all figured out. I had the flights bought. Um, so we left San Diego for a road trip to Colorado Springs to go visit my sister who's in the military. And that's kind of how everything kicked off in January 2020. And then things took a turn and <laughs> <laughs> and we did not get to go on any of the trips we planned. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what ended up being your 2020? Did you end up just staying in San Diego or Colorado Springs? <laughs> no, we did not. We came back to Ohio in May. So we stayed throughout the lockdown because we had to. Um, and at the time my sister was pregnant, so we were concerned about getting her sick. So we literally just stayed in the house. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then we went to Ohio and we we were hanging out in Ohio, and then I got laid off. So we were just like, you know, what what are we gonna do? I got laid off, so we took a road trip. <laughs> it's like our therapy. So we took yeah. a road trip. We went to um, where we go? We went to Pigeon Forge, went to uh, Chattanooga, Atlanta, North Carolina, uh, Baltimore, I think Pittsburgh. I'm missing some places, but we went to different places like that, Williamsburg and things like that. And then we came back and we decided we were going to move to Mexico. Wow. We were like, you know, I, I don't have a job anymore. We have this money that we have been saving for, you know, two and a half years. We have the money from, from uh, the sale of our house. So let's move to Mexico because we don't have any insurance. So if either one of us gets sick, we're SOL. So let's just do it. Buy some travel insurance that'll cover, you know, medical emergencies and let's move to Mexico. And we did that sight unseen. We had never been to, we had been to Mexico before, but not to the place where we moved. And we kind of just took oh, a wow. leap of faith. It Are sounds irresponsible. <laughs> Are you still there right now? No. So we ended up being there for 15 months. Okay. Because we fell in love with the community. Our son was in school there. Um, and we loved it. We left so where in, in Mexico? November last year. Playa del Carmen. Okay. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So we lived in Playa del Carmen from August 2020 until November 2021. So one thing I'm very curious about now, and especially now that you've, you have this international experience with your son, what are some of the things that you've learned about traveling with such a young child? Um, people internationally are a lot nicer when it comes to kids. 
we skip lines, which to us is new. We would just, we would go wait in line. People are like, oh no, come on. They open up a new line for us. And we're like, what? This is awesome. Um, so that's fun. <laughs> yeah, we, in Rome, <laughs> when I went to Rome with my, with my daughter, we were offered to skip lines. And like, it was yeah. incredible how many people went out of their way to help you uh, or be nice to you or even like nice. notice you way more mm-hmm. because you just have a kid. And it was just, it was brand new, brand new experience. It was a really unique yep. thing to, to go through. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. People are so nice. And you know what I've learned? Because my personality, I'm very much an introvert. And kids are a great icebreaker. Yeah. Because our son, I don't know where he, he probably didn't even get this on the wife. He's so social. He just walks up to people and says, hi, blah, 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 blah. And just starts talking. So they're great icebreakers is yeah. what I've learned. And yeah. it kind of helps people kind of put their guard down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been an amazing experience. It's been a lot better than I thought I would. It's harder now because he's at a, a rough age. Three <laughs> is a, a rough time. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, it is, you're, you're right to say that, um, that, that it's, it's an icebreaker. So I, get, I guess because so many people can just relate to being in your situation, a lot of people mm-hmm. have had young kids in their lives. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things that not only can they relate, but they like offering up their own uh, pieces of whatever it is. Like whether it's like, oh, I, rem- I remember when my kids were that young, mm-hmm. enjoy it. That's something that I've, I've now heard mm-hmm. countless times from older uh, people and or they're just curious, like they just want to talk, how is, how is your kid doing while traveling and how are you holding up and how is she taking it? And so it is one of the, it's a, it's a thing that people can relate to. People enjoy talking about kids and it's a, it, it is, it adds, it adds something to travel well, for sure. I think there's like a sense of familiarity with people know your yeah. intentions. Like you, they know that you're not going to do something that is going to be against, you know, family values. They, mm-hmm. they know that you're mm-hmm. there to be with your kid, to protect your kid, to have fun with your kid, not to, mm-hmm. you know, try to steal wallets or do anything. Yeah, anything sketchy. Sketchy. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. kids are that general, like, they're the travel equalizer among everyone. Because one of our yeah. very first episodes back in 2018 was with the jet setting family. It actually might have been 2019 by that point, but they, very similar situation. They sold everything in their uh, community in Colorado and took their, at their mm-hmm. time, I think they had a four-year-old and a one-year-old Something to like that, yeah. Southeast Asia. And mm-hmm. they said it was amazing. Like the community completely supported them. Um, mm-hmm. The kids had the ability to play with other kids, even mm-hmm. though there was a complete language barrier. Yep. Yeah. And kids have a way of navigating that in a way that I find so interesting because our son, we enrolled him in preschool there and how are you communicating with kids? (laughs) How are you communicating? Well, he was barely talking. He was, when we got to Mexico, he was, was, what, he wasn't even two. So how are you communicating? And they just figure it out. He was in school and they loved him when he would come in like, oh, Caleb, hola. And he's hola. Like, what is happening right now? (laughs) (laughs) We're struggling trying to talk to your teachers. And he's just, he talked to them. They talked to him in Spanish. He talked back. And it's it's just what they soak up and what they can learn in such a short period of time is mind-blowing. Even now, we left Mexico in November. He sings songs in Spanish. Like, he randomly talks to us in Spanish. And we're like, 
okay. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't pick that up. Only you did. We, we didn't yeah. pick it up in the way that you picked it up, dude. Um, but even now, his teacher, his, we still talk to her on WhatsApp. She still, we send her pictures and, you know, she sends him voice notes and things like that. And we play them for him. So the, the bond he was able to create while being there was just, a, it was amazing for us, especially being two Black women because, People are usually taking it back because we stand out, obviously. But us being a family, a two-mom family, and them being so welcoming for Mother's Day, they made sure we inadvertently skipped Mother's Day by accident by going on a trip. But <laughs> they made sure that, okay, that they had things for both of us. And what are things, what is his ethnicity, and how can we celebrate him? And they were trying to learn things about Black History Month and just being so, so open to us and to him. That's so great to hear. <laughs> that's that's incredible uh, because <clears throat> I think there are people who are worried about not being accepted in new cultures. Um, you know, we've had we've talked about this in the podcast before. Where it, it's a lot of white guys do this travel or traveling. It's a lot of white guys, um, yeah. and so we we've and, and when we talk to black travelers, uh, LGBTQ travelers, a lot of the things that they end up saying is that it's not as hard and not as scary as you think it is. Um, it's, and it's easier than you think it is. Like, because people are so nice, because people are so willing to help and they want to learn. And, and so it's great. I mean, I, I, and again, part of your platform sort of being there to provide insight to people similar in similar situations to yours are, is pretty is pretty awesome because they definitely it, it it's it's needed yeah and i think it also changes people's perceptions of us too so um we don't get angry we, we've encountered situations to where there's been some some tension there some racial tension there are people we've been places that won't they wouldn't let us eat in their restaurant or they wouldn't let us shop at their store or they wouldn't let us stay in their hotel or whatever um, so we've, we've encountered things like that and we never take it personally. Um, that's the first thing we never take it personally. And also you have to, I think a big thing for us is trying to understand from the other person's point of view, because first as Americans in general, you just don't have a, a good, we aren't perceived well internationally. Mm -hmm. Um, everyone thinks we are, but we're not. So even in Mexico, people are like, yeah, Americans are like, no, nah, not really. Um, but the little that we can do to change that perception of being a lot more personable and something I say all the time. And if you, uh, if you follow me, sorry, I repeat myself, but we, we say see people in that places because it really is about the people where you're at and we learned that more than anything in Mexico, kind of ingratiating ourselves into the community and getting to know them. And, you know, it was just, it was so eye-opening how even a cup of coffee, you know, buying someone a cup of coffee and them saying, the few people who speak English, you encounter them, they're just like, wow, you're so nice. I, I don't expect that from Americans because they don't see us. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've mentioned that on the show too, because everyone that we've talked to that comes on the show, they're like, yeah, it's always about the people because in at at the bottom line when you distill it, it's that people make places. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So even Absolutely. if you're seeing a place, it's still about the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are your plans now with your platform and with your travels? Like, where do you see this going and, and what do you plan, hope to do? Our, our big overarching plan, um, that's something that's very close to my heart and definitely is close to my wife's heart. She's, she's a former preschool teacher. So kids are like, her everything is really being able to help kids in areas, uh, underprivileged areas. So right now our focus is on, we have our travel, which is a, a big part of our life, but we also have a portion where it's menstrual products. So um, we're focusing on providing menstrual products for um, young menstruators, women, young girls uh, who are in areas where they don't have the ability to have those things. So providing things like reusable tampons, you know, menstrual underwear, um, kind of things that are a lot more sustainable for people who can't afford them. Can you give us examples of some of those areas, countries that you... So we started in Mexico. So um, we took whole bunch of menstrual cups and tampons and reusable pads. We provided them to the girls there, um, showed them how to use them. We got an interpreter to help us, um, you know, answer any questions. So we started in Mexico with some products that we received as part of our, our other website that we run. Um, and we just hope to continue to be able to grow that to where we can provide things like that in other areas where we go. We were in Colombia. Um, so we are able to provide some things to girls in Colombia. And so everywhere we go, we want to be able to provide for um, young, I'm not sure the pronouns to use, but young menstruators, I'll say that, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to to kind of combat period poverty. And, and also educate, you know, yeah. so people aren't ashamed. Is yeah. that something that you discovered, like the, the need for and the way you describe the period poverty, I've never heard that before, yeah. but is that something that you discovered in your travels or is that something that you had known about before you started traveling? It was something that never ever crossed my mind until I started traveling because honestly, as you have to find tampons, at least for me, when we travel, like, oh, I have to have a specific brand of tampons and, and, and I'm very particular. And most people, that's the case. And then I started thinking about, man, I'm, I use so much money and I spend so much money and, and um, the menstrual experience is not great for me. So thinking about what can we, what can I do? That's when I started looking up sustainable products um, that are a lot better for your body, that didn't have any chemicals, that are a lot more natural. And it changed my experience to where I wasn't groggy. I wasn't exhausted. I, I wasn't having cramps. So I could travel with no problems. I didn't have to worry about trying to find in Thailand, trying to look for tampons. It was, it was horrible. Um, you know, my Google, <laughs> trying to take a picture on Google, it, it was terrible. So I started thinking about that. And the more I started learning about about menstruators and other communities who don't have that ability. And if we have products that, that are reusable, you know, reusable pads, you just wash them, hang them up, and you're all good to go. Or menstrual cups where you can use those for five, seven, even almost 10 years. Um, oh, wow. For a lot of women who don't make a lot of money, Having to buy pads and tampons is expensive in those areas. It's very expensive, actually. So that's something that kind of got on our radar the more we started traveling. And something that I think travel breaks your tunnel vision. Yes. I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, a, a quote that we had that we received from uh, a, a woman. Press, not, not Preston. <laughs> it was it was Kirsty and Christine. I forget mm -hmm. what their their on airplane mode. They're a lesbian couple, and they they gave us this quote that said, "No one ever comes back from travel a more closed minded person." And that was years ago. She said that on our podcast, and it just like stuck with me. Like it is one mm -hmm. of the. The, the, the quotes that stuck with me more than anything else. So the, all the years doing this, and it's just so true. It's so true. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh. It just it to see how it impacts not only you but to see how it's impacted our son has been phenomenal for us. Like today, we went on a train ride at Cuyahoga, uh, Cuyahoga National Park, and he was talking about things, and he was saying like, "Oh, well, jungle, forest," and he was talking about what we went for a hike in the forest and he's talking about he can't quite say it but he's talking about okay we were in Mexico and we went through it looked like a jungle it wasn't a jungle but it looks like one to mm -hmm. him for him to be able to recall these memories just like wow he, he recalls that he remembers that and he's only three wow. yeah I don't know if I I mean I have some very early memories but I don't think I have anything before I was three <laughs> probably not no probably not what are some of the things that you hope your son takes and retains from the travel other than being open-minded and flexible yeah i mean yeah. there's so I, I will say the single biggest moment that made me proud as a parent was um we we're in mexico and my wife takes him to go get fries. Typically once a week, he's allowed to go get fries. So she, um, we went to go get fries and we passed a homeless man and he gave him his fries and he said, you know, eat, eat fries. And he gave him his fries and he said, okay, bye-bye, see you later. And that to me embodied everything that we're trying to teach him. Yes. It's to be humble and to be a good person and to be, of course, open-minded, but to be flexible and to be understanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. compassion is in short order these days. Yes, yeah, and there's no way to travel and not feel compassion and empathy oh, and yeah. just be more understanding of, of the people that you meet. And yeah, it's, it's such a great mm -hmm. educator. Yeah, so I'm curious, yeah. um, as, as someone that's been traveling with your son since he was five months old, uh, what are what were some of the biggest challenges that you thought were gonna occur that didn't occur? And then on the flip side, what what is something that you thought was gonna be easy that ended up being really difficult? Um, some things that we thought we thought a sleep schedule was gonna be difficult um, because there's a lot of discussion I see in travel groups where people say, "What do we do about my baby sleeping?" and um, it wasn't really a problem. We were worried about it constantly, but we let him sleep when he slept. But then when he was up, he was up. <laughs> so it wasn't really, you kind of tend to overthink things. Um, you know, let's get him adapted to this schedule or that schedule, because especially when you have babies, it doesn't matter. Strap them on your chest and you can roll out. They can sleep anywhere, you know. Um, that's the biggest thing is babies are completely adaptable. Mm -hmm. you, all, you can nearly do anything. It doesn't matter. They're very adaptable. Uh, and people ask me all the time, what's the best age to travel? When they're babies, before they start walking, that's the best time. All right. So, um, and things things that we didn't think were going to be difficult, I, uh, we thought the toddler years were going to be difficult, and they are proving very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with <laughs> you. Proving, 
but it's not two years old. It for us it was three years old. People think it's two, it's three. Three is infinitely more difficult than two. It's been like three and a half. Three and a half, it was like a light changed. Why are you so difficult all of a sudden? Yes. Yeah, it's like a rebellion, like a complete rebellion to everything that we've ever taught her. It's mind blowing. It really is. Yeah. Like what, what, what is happening right now? Why are you screaming? I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. (laughs) Like, wait, wait a minute. And it throws you for a loop. Like, who are you? I get screamed at every day. Yeah. Well, so I'm not, as I, as I stated earlier, um, my first child is on the way, but I don't have any experience with my own kids, but I have heard that the toddler years trying to use logic is just, Oh no, 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 no. You don't use logic. What you do is, uh, you plan for the worst and then you hope for the best. That's, that's pretty much the, what we go with. So you plan for the absolute worst scenario and you're like, man, I hope this doesn't happen. And then you just take that mindset into it. Um, something that my wife says, and I think it, I think it works. She's really big when she's had, she's part Korean, she's half Korean. So she's really big on energy and she's really big on the transfer energy. So if you're anxious and you, you just have negative feelings going into it, your kids pick that up. Mm. So go into it with a positive mindset, you know, fake it till you make it. It's the saying we say in the army when I was in the army all the time, you fake it till you make it. You, you <laughs> pretend happiness and you pretend joy until you start to believe it. Yep. Um, and really go into it yeah. knowing that okay, it's going to be okay. And even if it's even if it's not okay, it's not gonna last forever. That's something that I I I try to practice with my wife. And we'll say, you know, we if we're taking our children on a plane and we're worried about whatever. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Our kid cries on the plane. I mean, yeah, that's going to be a problem for us. It's going to be a problem for the other people, but that's the worst thing. And the best thing is we, we don't, we get the, you know, we get to enjoy this experience together. So when you think about it like that, I think it's pretty easy to make that decision and you just deal with it, you know, and when you just kind of wait for it, you just deal with it as it happens. You don't anticipate it too much you accept it. You kind of know that it could happen, but wait for it to occur. Don't suffer through it uh, if you don't have to, which is a big one, um, or suffer through it twice if it does occur. And it's part of the experience, honestly. It's, and I never feel bad because I paid my money and I'm here just like everyone else did. Part of public transit, right? Exactly. If if you don't want to hear kids, you should get a private jet. Um, So (laughs) I don't, I don't feel bad about it because kids are entitled to be kids. Yeah. Agreed. I like that. Yeah. Agreed. I I mean, one, it's public transit. So you need to go on there understanding that other people are going to be louder than you uh, and and everything else. Um, And yeah, you're right. Children cry sometimes. That's part of life. That's part of being a kid. And if you want to be a member of society, you sort of have to deal with that. If you want to enjoy Mm -hmm the the uh, accommodations or the amenities of society you have to share them and you have to deal with it exactly yeah exactly yeah exactly and i have a, i had a, a former co-worker who's a flight attendant she said kids were always kids were never the issue she says it's always adults it's always adults hmm. there are mm-hmm. always a problem for some reason yeah yeah interesting <laughs> So when you started doing all of these these trips, this travel blog, and um, mm-hmm. your other uh, experiences and other blogs, 
you have a quote that says, I can live with failures, but I can't live with regret. What failures have you encountered and what areas do you think you would have regretted had you not done? A failure is definitely, we set out to go on a family gap year and travel kind of, and that did not happen any stretch of the imagination. We kind of, we we still traveled full time, but it was nowhere near the the grand plans that I had. You know, we were going to see what, I think it was 15 countries in a year. And it was just, I had my mindset on that. And I had this number, we're going to see a hundred countries in the next five years. And I was just so set on that. And in that, I would say I, I failed very miserably. Um, but we were in a global pandemic. So it's a good, that's a good excuse. Yeah, I think you have an excuse there. <laughs> yeah. But the, the thing that I would have regretted and that I almost did was I almost canceled because I was scared that, well, what if things don't work out? What if what if I lose my job? And then when I actually did lose my job, it was, oh God, what are we going to do? And it almost for a second, I had the thought, okay, we can't do this anymore because I, I need to work. We need health insurance, you know? Um, so that in those areas, I kind of felt like I was a failure, but my wife is amazing and she was so supportive and it was kind of, okay, if we're going to do this. We said we were going to do it and we're going to see it through. And we, we said we wanted to make this life happen and we're going to do it. And we went to Mexico and I kind of went heads down and worked on the blog and it started actually making money. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I had no faith in myself that we were going to make any money at all, especially during a pandemic. Um, but, you know, 500 turned into 800, 800 to 1,000, 1,000 to 1,500, 15 to 2,000. I'm just like, oh, my God, we're we're doing this. And we run into people where it's uh, it, it just made my heart smile because we run into people from our hometown because we're in our hometown right now um, preparing to leave. <laughs> but when people come up to us and say, hey, we follow your blog and we it inspired me to quit this and start pursuing this full time. One, one person we know, she's a photographer. She said, you know, I decided to put all my effort into photography and really making that happen because it's my dream. It's what I love to do. And, and people who said, you know, I wanted to travel and I, I've never known anyone. I've never met anyone personally that they've traveled to places. And I've seen you guys and we're from the same place. We're from the same area. And I don't see anyone who looks like me that has been around the world. And, and seeing things and and you guys write about it and you you do it as a family and I think that was a huge that's a huge motivator for us it's like mm -hmm. an unbelievable motivator for us is we see people and for me when I was doing the research when I first started doing this there was no one who looked like us we couldn't find a black family let alone two women and we just said you know we could do that we can do that. We can show other people that it's okay to pursue what you want and your dreams and and to grow up and to see, to be a, a kid and to see someone, wow, if they did it, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful stuff. That is. Yeah. It just tells you how much representation matters. It, it matters much. so much. Very much so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Bob, yeah. Bob brought up in the beginning, we had an individual on the podcast 
a few months ago that there's a list of like top travelers in the world and most of them are older white guys and they can they have the means they have the money they don't have any attachments and they just do whatever they want and there's like yep. no other there's no diversity in the top like 100 travelers None. and it's i think it's one of one of the things that we try to do with this podcast is show the diversity of travel and the diversity of travelers absolutely and it, it matters because how do you ever change us when we go places and people say no you can't eat here if they aren't exposed to to black people or they're not exposed to americans or they're not they're just not exposed and it's just it's fear they don't know and you can't be mad or at least i'm not upset you know you don't know what you don't know yeah. so but how is that ever going to change until people actually go there and they start to experience it and, and then their mindset begins to change? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the, funny. This whole, the, do you, Bob, real quick. Do you guys, yeah. did you guys watch uh, the Disney movie Luca? Mm -hmm. No, I've been, let me tell you, I've been trying to watch it and Caleb refuses to watch it. <laughs> He's like a TV hog. We have to watch the same six things over and over again. Oh, uh, when Bob knows what I'm talking about and knows why I reference it, but when you do watch it, uh, it feels very similar to this conversation, at least the ending. And it, mm -hmm. it was a very nice message wrapped into a Disney film. Yeah. Okay, this whole, I'm, I'm going to watch it because I've watched the same, the first 10 minutes, five times. Okay. It's good. It is a good one. It's a, I enjoyed that one actually a lot. Um, but th this whole idea of inclusivity and representation sort of blows my mind. Like it, 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 it's something that I grew up not realizing needed to be addressed because I, I was ignorant. We I mean, I was a little kid. I was a little yeah. kid and I was represented in everything, every superhero, every like lead role of all the movies, every, like it was. And, and so um, every ad for t-shirt, everything. So I'm going about my life in this tunnel where everybody everything that's being marketed, all the movies are for me. And then as I got older and I started traveling and I started being intrigued by other cultures and, and just people in general, it's, it's, you, you take a step back and you're like, holy crap. Like, you know, there's, there, these people, you know, that not everybody has those avenues and gets to experience life the same way. And it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's crazy. It's hard to, to believe that that's the reality of the situation. And I think there's a lot of people who don't want to believe it. They want to like ignore it and pretend it's not a real yeah. problem when it actually, when there's no argument that it isn't. Um, so yeah, it's, and it's, so it's fantastic talking to people like yourself who, who are being pioneers in a way, you know, who are creating a platform that inspires other people, people who would never travel otherwise, because, you know, Karina, if you have someone who looks like you, we might not, Elliot and I probably aren't going to inspire that individual nearly as much as you. <laughs> and, you know, and so it's, it's fantastic and it's a great, great thing. Um, Conversations. That seems to be the way to change minds. Yeah. And I, you know, and Absolutely. I think it can start with travel. I do, because yeah. I think part of being a traveler is having a curiosity in other people, other food, other architecture, other cultures. Right. And so, so the nature of being a travel an eager traveler you already have that in you to want to learn more mm -hmm. about people who are different than your than yourself. And so if once you can bring that with you to then put it into other avenues, other aspects of your life, I think it can bleed in and yeah. really create something. Bob, do you remember cool. who we were talking to? Someone someone specifically brought up that travel, when you get out of 
your routine, when you get out of the familiar places that you, because you're like so overwhelmed with new stimuli and you're just more aware of everything, like your height or your, your senses are heightened. And so Mm -hmm. you're just, you're just open to new things. You're seeing things in a different perspective, even if it's something that you've seen a million times, because you're traveling and out of the ordinary, it is, it looks or smells or just tastes different. Yeah, I don't remember who that was, but I think, yeah, it was in line with something, um, you know, when you're traveling, you're sort of in the present because it's forcing you to, to absorb the, absorb these brand new experiences. And because they're brand new experiences, again, you're heightened to the situation. Um, I don't remember who, who that was with, but yeah. And so you, by, by default, you're sort of having more profound experiences yeah. rather than Absolutely. going to the mundane. Yeah. Pretty Absolutely. awesome. I didn't, I didn't realize it. I didn't realize you were going to yeah. go this route with this conversation. I'm glad we did, though. I, yeah. Yeah, I, it's, oh. <laughs> it's really important. Oh, sorry. It's supposed to be more kids focused, family that, travel focused. You know what? You know what? We Forget, about the, kids. Forget <laughs> about the kids. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. can you, um, I don't know if we actually mentioned it. Can you share what the name of your blogs are and where people can follow oh, you absolutely. on social media? So you can follow us at It's a Family Thing. So it's I-T-Z-A Family Thing. So It's a Family Thing. Um, we're on there. We are, we take these small breaks from social media because I think we get we get frustrated a little bit because our um, we are just all about honesty and realness and what it really is to travel as a family we don't have the perfect pictures we don't have the perfect videos because our son does not sit still so (laughs) they're real we um (laughs) yeah it's it's what it's really like honestly so um you can check us out there our blog is the same thing it's a family thing with a z um, you can check out some of the places we've been things we've done we have a lot of content coming soon we have this road trip and then we are heading to Costa Rica. Um, we're going to do a Disney cruise. And then we're heading to Costa Rica, which I am so ecstatic about. I yeah. can't wait to go zip lining. Um, I'm going to share my experience of when I jumped out of an airplane. So it's Ooh. we have a lot oh. of things, a lot of fun things coming. Um, and also building up our son's confidence right now because it, he's, I think he's kind of afraid of heights. So we're slowly starting to build him up. Um, to where he'll go zipline with us. They have things for four-year-olds. So we go, we're going around his fourth birthday um, when we spend time in Costa Rica. So we're learning about that and about confidence and about believing in yourself and about conquering fears. So we write about everything, you know, the good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. If you've read our blog, the kind of the ugly of how our, our uh, family gap year kind of failed miserably but we, we kind of changed direction. Yeah. I so think that's how you can, can find us. Great. The good, bad, and ugly can also be described as the authentic. And I think people yes. are attracted mm-hmm. to authenticity, especially yeah. as it relates to these, to travel blogging. Um, because you're kidding yourself if it's as perfect as some Instagram influencers want to make it appear. Yeah. Well, I, no think, way. I think too often blogs, Instagram, Facebook, it's all filtered down to like the perfect mm-hmm the the polished and it's just it doesn't feel real right real mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh Karita, before we let you go we have a rapid fire round that we're going to jump into um okay i do want to say so all, all of your social media handles the website that's going to be shared in our show notes 
now we're going to do the rapid fire round and it's, let's it's get not into too it. bad. It's only five questions and yeah. they don't okay. have to be short answers and you, you can okay. think about them a little bit. Uh, so the, the first question is what is the first word that comes to your mind when you hear the word travel? Um, fun. Perfect. Okay. First word that comes to mind. That's the opportunity, at least for me, that's my excuse to be a huge kid. I say it's for our son, but I mean, honestly, I mean, I want to go to Disney. <laughs> I've yeah. never been to Disney. Yeah. I want to go to Legoland. I, go to... So... <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. No, nothing wrong at with all. that. Um, I think so. <laughs> we all feel that way. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, what travel, preferably travel book, but we'll take any book, had the biggest influence on your life? four-hour work week. Good one. Yeah. Elliot, are you still reading that? Did you I'm reading it? it right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. Go ahead. That was it. It really prompted me to start doing things more efficiently. Yes. And how much time I was wasting on stuff. Yes. Yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, number three, what is one practical thing travelers can do right now to enhance their next travel experience? would be I would say opt for local opt for local everything if you can yeah local markets local just local everything local shops if you can do local hotels um we tend to try we try to do local hotels 90 percent of the time um we end up with Airbnb sometimes because we need a kitchen to cook because we stay places for long periods of time. But if you're somewhere for three, four days, definitely look at local. All right. I like that a lot. That's a great That's answer. Good. Yeah. Uh, tell us one thing that travelers should not do. Should not do? Be obnoxious. Just, oh my goodness. And get angry at people for not speaking English. <laughs> yeah in their country <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes that's ridiculous i if traveling can be frustrated with the language barrier but do at least a little bit to try to be able to communicate with people but don't get angry and be obnoxious that seems to be synonymous with american travelers yeah just for your whole life gone. just your yes, life in please. general <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and last one is what is one piece of advice you'd give to yourself 10 years ago Oh my gosh, I should have started this seven years ago. Don't, here's a piece of advice is to, if you have a dream, pursue that dream to exclusion of what anyone else thinks. Because it's your dream, it's your vision, and other people won't understand it because it's not theirs, mm-hmm. it's yours. So other people might not understand it. They might, everyone thought we were insane for doing this with a 14 month old when we first said we were going to do it. You have to pursue your dreams and be okay with doing it alone. Mm -hmm. Luckily, you know, I have my wife, we have our son, but you have to be okay with pursuing your dreams. And even if you have to do it all by yourself, it's okay. I think that's good. Because a lot of people that are saying don't do it, it's not like they know not to do it. They just don't know how to do it. Yeah, exactly. I have a quote right above my head. Don't seek advice on a journey from someone who never left home. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. All That's right. Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, That's thank it. you very much, Karita. That is that is the show. Uh, it has been great talking with you. Great getting insight on how to travel with a kid, and great in- inspiration for other travelers, all travelers, but also for the Black traveler travel community and the LGBTQ plus community. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed our conversation. She's inspired me to take a, take a few road trips. I think with the kids. What about you? Absolutely. I think that's going to be the first thing we do. Yeah. Like I've already I've already talked to Amanda. Like we want to take, we want to we want to figure out how to do it, and we feel like after all of these conversations, we feel like this is it's not that difficult, and you'll figure it out. And babies are adaptable. Like you're going to be doing what you're doing on the road at home. Babies are easy. It's I think it's the toddler stage that. It, it, you add layers so babies it's just preparation but i mean when they're eating bottles and sleeping all the time they can do that anywhere most of the time they're in some seat like a car seat anyway so just they could do it in italy they could do it in paris and they could do it in the united states toddlers are where it gets a little complicated so uh but fun nonetheless right it's part of the process absolutely i'm excited to see i'm excited to see how their platform progresses i like what they're doing i can't wait until our children learn to travel and carry the torch of this podcast absolutely they should start it Maybe not too young. Maybe at like sixteen, as a like instead of ham radio club, uh-huh. they do the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like everybody everybody has a podcast now. Yeah, so let's uh, let's start training them now. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. <laughs> biggest way to help us is wow, that was loud. I apologize for that. The biggest way to help us is by giving us a rating on any of the podcast platforms. Follow us on social media. You can, if you want to support us financially, you can do so through Buy Me a Coffee. Um, you can also purchase some of our TTB merchandise. We've got hoodies, we've got t-shirts, hats, almost anything under the sun. Go to redbubble.com and check it out. And stay safe, stay healthy, and tune in next week. 